Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder. Great to have you back if you are a regular listener. And if this is your first episode, welcome. It is just me today. So we've had a couple of weeks of episodes with some really special guests. And this week, it's just me. Exciting. Yay. And we are talking about and wondering about a really cool spot that I actually feel flies under the radar in Australia, in New South Wales specifically, and that is Port Stephens, not Port Macquarie, which is a little bit more well-known, I think, but Port Stephens. We're going to be talking about Port Stephens today, and we're going to talk about what a weekend can look like in Port Stephens. It's a fabulous weekend trip, and what are some great places to eat? some fun things to do in Port Stevens that are pretty unique and where you can stay and a little bit about the the vibe of Port Stevens. So excited to have you along today. But before we get into that, we're going to do our usual intro. And before I even get into the intro, I'm going to do an intro to the intro. And that intro is I was talking to a listener and they just asked me, hey, what is the, you know, what, what are you kind of wanting to get out of the intros that you've done in the podcasts? And I thought this was a really good question because if you don't listen to podcasts very often or you only listen to maybe a certain type of podcast, when I do these intros, you might be like, okay, Christine, let's get to the content. Let's get to it. And the reason why I give these intros, one, I want to you all to get to know me a little bit. I want to share a little bit about myself and share that with you all. And I also think it's it's fun when, at least in other podcasts I listen to, most of the podcasts just give a bit of an intro update, how they're doing. You get to know them, you feel a little bit connected to them and get to know a little bit more about what they're about. And that's something that I think is really fun. So I don't mean for them to go on too long, but I do like giving some sort of an update and sharing different things I find kind of interesting or or whatnot with everyone. And then, of course, we will jump into the episode. So what I can do today is, and I can start doing this, um, adding what time the episode starts in the show notes. So if you don't want to hear the intro, totally fine. I will take no offense to that. But if you do want to hear the intro, you can go through it. If not, you can skip forward. But our intro today, a little bit of an update. One, we are 10, less than 10 days out from Italy trip. Really exciting. And we are also moving in two days. So a lot happening. Managing a move and a trip at the same time is a lot. I will say really grateful that we planned most everything for the Italy trip far in advance. The only thing that we haven't planned, actually, now that I'm talking about this, just reminds me, there's one reservation that I want to get and the bookings become available exactly two weeks from the date of the reservation, which would be Friday. So I need to remind myself of that and keep that in mind. But there's just one reservation. The rest of the stuff we've really planned and it feels good to have that planned. So it's just excitement going into that not so much for needing to plan things and we're able to just look forward to it. On the other side, moving has also been pretty hectic. 
we going into the this time, Hugh and I knew that it was going to be really busy and it's going to be kind of all over the place. So we definitely had the expectations set that it was likely going to come down to the wire with the move and whatnot. And it definitely is. But I think we're lucky in that we got a place. The rental market in, in Sydney is incredibly competitive as we were, you know, that was reaffirmed during this process. But we did get a really good place. We love it. And we are able to move before we go to Italy, which is also great. And everything kind of worked out with our apartments and, and leases and whatnot. So we'll be moving in a couple of days. But feeling really grateful that things have been organized and always a good reminder that sometimes I am really type A in organizing trips, especially I like to have everything planned with the move. I packed most of my house last weekend. And so I've just been packing little bits and bobs this week, but I don't feel so stressed this week because I have most everything packed. So I'm definitely really, really thankful for, for that side of me that really pushes me to get stuff done quickly and early and efficiently. And also the part of the travel side that planned that, you know, really far in advance. Anytime you're planning trips, especially, you know, across the seas and international trips, so important to plan them really early. And I think that we did a really good job with this trip, planning it really early, getting it organized. And we'll do an episode in the future on planning trips with you know, partner. I think it would be a good one for Hugh and I to do. We've definitely nailed down a pretty good routine with planning trips as we've gone on a number of trips together. Uh, we're both big travelers and I'm really looking forward to sharing some of those trips on the podcast and also definitely talking about Italy as well. But that does make me want to bring up one thing. So next week will be our last episode for one month. And I'm going to try to get an episode out in September, but I also am caught between two minds of I don't want to, you know, put too much stress on getting an episode out because I, you know, I find that quite stressful and I really want to enjoy the time off. That being said, we'll be recording bits and bobs as we go through, so I'll be putting stuff together, but I'm not bringing you know, I'm I'm bringing only my phone recording gear. I'm not bringing the full recording gear. So you know, I will be able to record some stuff. The audio might not be as as great, but I'm going to try to record some in the moment stuff. But we won't have any episodes, I think, in, in September. And I think for me, I wanted to make this decision and and tell you guys as, as soon as possible. But two, I, I really wanted to just strike a good balance there. I'm going for holiday and then I'm actually going for a work trip in Europe and then um, meeting up with a friend, and then coming back, and so it's all it's all kind of a lot. And I think after moving and whatnot, I really want to make sure we get all the August episodes out. And so we'll have July, a couple episodes from June, all of August. We'll have a little bit of a break uh, in September, and then we'll be full steam ahead after that. So wanted to let you guys know. So last week or next week will be the last episode for a couple of weeks. But we have luckily at this episode, these are our ninth episodes. We have nine amazing episodes to listen to. If you haven't listened to them all, definitely have a listen and go back and check out some of those. And then we'll have some new, really exciting Italy content coming to a headset 
and a device or a podcast playing platform near you soon after we get back. So that's an update. Outside of that, it is, you know, it's just, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I'm really happy to be able to take the time to do the podcast today. This is very nice and very grounding. I love this part of my routine in the week of sitting down, doing something so different and talking about travel. And even looking up Port Stevens today, I found that there's a lot of information out there. Port Stevens is pretty vast, but that being said, I haven't really seen anyone as we've talked about the reason for this podcast, really pull a lot of this together. And so going to talk uh, about that a little bit today. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So many of you might not have heard of Port Stevens. A friend of mine, when I had just moved here, not too long after I'd moved here in 2019, brought up Port Stevens as a great place to visit. And I was... I was like, yeah, of course, like, let's go. I feel personally, I've always been a very yes person, especially when it comes to travel, because you just never know what's around the corner. And it's so cool that I can talk about this now. So I'm really happy that I've experienced it. I also think that there is so many different places in Australia that are wonderful that just don't get, you know, really that much attention. Since I've gone to Port Stevens, I don't really hear people talk about it too often. It's not anywhere like the Hunter Valley or Jervis Bay or some of these other kind of big ticket weekend trips, but it's really lovely. And so I hope that this also sheds some light on how amazing Port Stevens is. To get started, Port Stevens is just right north of Newcastle. If you're going to Newcastle and you're driving past Newcastle, you'll drive past Port Stevens. So if you look on a map and you see Newcastle, it's just right barely to the right um, on a bit of a kind of peninsula type area. But then, of course, the port between um, these two kind of land masses is Port Stevens. And Port Stevens is actually comprised of a couple of different areas. Uh, one is Anna Bay. And then the other one is called, actually, let me see. Oh, Nelson Bay. And there's Shoal Bay and Fingal Bay. So there's a lot of different little small areas in the actual Port Stevens area. Oh, and then Anna, yeah, Anna Bay. I already said that. And so Port Stevens is referred to as all of these areas, but there's different pockets in each of these. When you're traveling there, it is really small. So it, everything's really close, you know, 10, 15 minutes max from each other. So you can kind of bop around this whole, and I, like I say, it is like a little peninsula. Um, you know, there's Anna Bay on the south, there's Nelson Bay on the north, and there's different um, beaches and whatnot not around the whole area. And so a lot going on and a really, a lot of amazing little pockets that you can explore. When I was doing some research for this podcast as well, one of the cool things too, I did find one blog that had even pulled out, you know, um, restaurants in Nelson Bay and then restaurants in Shoal Bay, which are the kind of two main areas that you can go to and visit. That was really cool. But overall, they fall under the Port Stevens umbrella. The vibe of Port Stevens is one that's really lovely. And I think that it's someplace I, I actually really can't wait to go back to. 
it's really laid back. And in the summer, I imagine it's bustling. I went to Port Stevens in the winter, actually. I winter camped in Port Stevens. So had a little bit of a different experience winter camping than I think that you would in summer. But from what I can tell online and whatnot, big summer vibe, lots of beach influence, the you know, things that are listed, you know, great places to serve, lots of beach swimming activities, you know, those types of things. So I think it would be amazing in the summer to have such a nice summer vibe. And there's, you know, a lot of the, you can, there's a great promenade you can walk along in Shoal Bay and, you know, there's great walks and stuff. So it was really lovely in the winter, but I would say, and actually, so there's two things. It's lovely in the winter, And I would definitely say if you're looking for a winter trip, it is a great weekend trip. You don't have to go in the summer to feel like you're getting the most out of Port Stevens. However, I think that you would get a lot out of visiting Port Stevens in the summer too, because we didn't swim at all. It was really cold in, um, it was actually one of the colder outdoor experiences I've had in Australia. And so those types of things would have been fun to do, but we weren't able to do them because it was really cold. So if you want to have that type of weekend, also add it to your summer visit list. But this would be a great weekend trip in the winter as well. There's a number of things you could do on a nice weekend in winter, which we'll we'll talk about. So it's got a great vibe. It's definitely laid back. It's a beach town and that's very evident from, you know, when you go there, it's very beachy. They have the kind of typical tourist shops that, that have the signs that say life's a a beach and, and (laughs) whatnot. I think those are so funny. And, you know, they were selling the shell things and whatnot. So very beachy, pretty laid back for the most part, but it it does get cool and can get cold in, in the winter. This place Port Stevens, I think would be great for anyone. This is a great trip with just a couple, a couple of friends. I was thinking as I was looking through this, one of the TikToks I saw, I was just scrolling TikTok to kind of see and make sure I, I got a good overview of, of everything for today. And one of them had a great TikTok of an Airbnb in Port Stevens that slept like 10 people. So it would be a great place for, to go with friends for a weekend and have you know, go to, uh, you know, some nice restaurants, do some walks, do some beaching, what whatnot. So I think that would be really lovely. Great couples weekend as well. And I think I actually maybe missed and skipped over this, but it's only two hours from Sydney. So it's really close to Sydney and even closer to Newcastle. So it's not too far. You can easily get there. You would definitely need to rent a car. So wouldn't be manageable without a car. But you can rent a car and then just bop around the Port Stevens area for the weekend and you will have a really great time. When I was planning this trip, I think that this one was really easy to do because it was in the winter. And Australia is very seasonal. There is a lot going on in the summer and it can be really overwhelming. So if you're looking to go anywhere in the summer, and I think I've mentioned this before, you have to plan really far in advance. Tap into the type A side of you. If it doesn't exist, you know, dig deep and and try to find some, some strands of type A behavior and plan really early. 
because it makes the biggest difference. You can get bookings to great restaurants. You can get the the places that you want to stay in the, the areas that you want to stay in. And it just makes a huge difference. But it does get so busy. So many people travel to Australia in the summer. I don't have the stats in front of me here, but it's it's insane. Um, mostly, actually, interestingly, the last couple of years, the highest percentage of travelers to Australia has been, um, I believe this first or second uh, country has been from New Zealand. So many people from New Zealand travel to Australia and vice versa. I'm not sure if everyone knows that, but it's actually quite interesting. One of the highest drivers of tourism in both countries is each other. So that's interesting. I'll try to get some more concrete stats for the next pod on maybe what that looks like. So a lot of people travel here in the summer and not a lot of people travel here in the winter. So one of the things that locals really love, and I remember a woman saying this to me when I had first moved here, she was like, winter is the best time in Australia because usually the weather is still really nice. It's dry. Yes, the sun down goes down really early, but there's no tourists here. And so you don't need to book things as far ahead of time. And you can kind of choose, pick and choose what you want to do. You don't have to think as much about it as you do in the summer. And that's what I found to be true about this trip. I found that I didn't, we didn't really book it that far in advance. I think we booked it week of, to be honest. It was really last minute. And we booked the rental car in Sydney, as I've, I've noted, super easy to book rental cars. There's a couple of different apps you can use for, for rental cars and whatnot. But um, yeah, you can book a rental car really easily, pop out of the city. And it's also not like the US. And when I keep saying book rental cars, I remember when I was in the US, one, I wasn't even old enough to book a rental car when I lived there. But two, I remember just hearing about how it was always through like enterprise, you know, book a rental car through enterprise, you could only get it from the airport. And, you know, very 1980s behavior, you know, one company, one place, we go to the airport, and we only rent rental cars for like really specific scenarios. That's not the case anymore. People are rent no like no one in Sydney owns a car. I don't have any friends who own a car. Everyone just you can casually rent a car and head off for the weekend and come back. It's so easy. And there are different areas where you can, you know, there's different apps you can rent, you know, like Airbnb. I think we mentioned the other day the Turo equivalent of Airbnb uh, or the car rental equivalent of Airbnb is called Turo. And they people rent out their cars direct with the person. You can pick it up, go, and they can be in your neighborhood as well. I've done one in in Bronte. That was only a five-minute walk from my house. Just go pick up the car, grab the keys, head on your way. Pretty easy um, and whatnot. So that's really, really helpful when you're in, in, in Australia. If you haven't been to Australia yet, you definitely can know. Like it's usually, it's affordable. I wouldn't say it's as affordable as it could be. I think it I think the the price needs to come down a bit. It's about you're looking on average a hundred bucks a day. You can sometimes get deals depending on when you're renting around 60, 70 bucks if you're especially if you're renting during the week. But if you're renting during the weekend, it'll likely be a little bit higher. But you can easily get a rental car, pop up there, and have a really great adventure in the winter and in the summer. Let's get into things to do. And this also ties into highlights. I loved Port Stevens because it had a couple of different experiences that I hadn't had before in 
Australia and or you know, I didn't hadn't actually had any of these kind of same experiences yet. First and foremost would be the Port Stevens is renowned for its sand dunes in Anna Bay, and they are truly phenomenal. Sand dunes are so interestingly majestic, and it perplexes me how you get the ocean and then you get rolling sand dunes for as far as the eye can see. That's what it's like in Anabay. You can you you drive up and you park. And when we were there, we saw some cameramans there kind of cooking out and having dinner. And you park and then you you just walk along the beach and then you have these insane sand dunes that are just so amazing. And we stayed here for sunset the first night and it was absolutely incredible. It's a must do. I it was so phenomenal. You feel like you could be in the Middle East in the middle of, you know, the sand dunes in Egypt or you are in Port Stephens, Australia. You have no idea. And I have been to the sand dunes in Egypt and the ones here and you just you couldn't tell the difference. It's phenomenal, really lovely. Sunset here is amazing and there also are a number of other activities you can of course do at the sand dunes. So another one that comes highly rated is sandboarding and I've done sandboarding before. Super fun. We just didn't didn't do it here and it was we just came for the the sunset. But people really rate sandboarding and quad biking. I really want to go quad biking on a sand dune. It's on my list to do. I haven't done it yet, but this looks really amazing. And there's companies that take you out on these adventures on the sand dunes. So huge highlight is the sand dunes in Anna Bay. And they're really fun, amazing, and great walk area as well. You can walk along the beach. Like for us, we walked within the sand dunes for a while. And then we walked along the beach, watched the sunset, and so on and so forth. The second really notable activity that we did was hiking Tomari Mountain or Tomari Heads. And this is basically in Port Stevens with the highest peak. It's, I believe I read it was about 160 meters above sea level. So it kind of shoots up out of the ground and phenomenal panoramic views of this part of the coast. There's amazing beaches and you can kind of see the bay, of course, the Port Stevens, um, but the beaches on one side and and the town on the other. And this is also another great place to either watch sunrise or sunset. I did this hike in the middle of the day, which was still amazing. I really loved it. I I think it's so great to do at any time. The only caveat here is I did it, we did it in the morning on the Sunday, and it was really busy, overflowing with tourists. This is one thing that you have to watch out for in Australia and, and even in the winter, yeah, tourists. And I think these are just all local tourists, but you have to watch out in Australia. Anything that you're doing between 10 and three is going to have a lot of people. And this is really one thing I've learned while living here. So get out early. You can skip all of the people because the trail is quite small and it is quite steep as well. And it's about two kilometers up 
pretty steep. They do caution this on the website. So if you don't love steep, definitely might not be the hike for you. But I do think the panoramic views are worth it. But yeah, I would have gone a little bit earlier to try to beat the crowds because it was a lot of crowded hiking is just something that feels really foreign to me. When I was home, and I think I even mentioned this in my Montana episode, I grew up hiking and me and my friends, one of my first days home in May, we went on a hike and it was a couple hours hike. I mean, I felt like we were out for most of the day and we passed four people, maybe five at the max, but it was so open and and fast and there was nobody there. It was so amazing. And it just allows you to relax and connect with yourself and being outdoors and get a bit of a reprieve from, you know, kind of the the city life that I think, you know, we're all looking for when we take these weekend trips out of the city. So if you are are looking for that, I would definitely go out a little bit earlier, but also you can still enjoy it if you happen to go midday as well. So Tomari Mountain, really amazing and a must see while you're there. The third activity that we did, and this one was what we did on Saturday day, is we went on a dolphin tour. And Port Stevens has some phenomenal dolphin pods that actually really stay in the area. So there's a couple of companies that do these dolphin tours, and they take you out in the, the bay, and you can see the dolphins. And this was the first time I actually had ever seen dolphins. And it was really fun. And it still feels really surreal for me that you can go out in Sydney on a whale watching tour and you can just see whales. And you can go out in Port Stevens on a dolphin tour and you can see dolphins. It's just so, and they're, you know, wild dolphins, they're swimming around. And they're so cute and friendly and really, really amazing to see. Um, funny enough, even that even reminds me, the other weekend when I was in Manly, um, Hugh and I were visiting some friends up there and we were having lunch on, again, another kind of promenade along the beach and there were dolphins just out, out there. And we actually tried to swim to them and they ended up swimming away, unfortunately. But it was amazing. And it's just something that, yeah, it is so surreal. So amazing. The dolphin tour was was lovely. It was so great to get out and experience, you know, being in the presence of these dolphins and just seeing them so happy swimming around. And they seemed like they were having fun in these pods. And, and that was really phenomenal. Even going off of dolphins, though, I am always so shocked at how social dolphins are. Not too long ago, and this happens every so often, this is would be my main motivation to be a surfer, to be honest, is that surfers, sometimes the dolphins come up and like surf with them. And there's photos you can see, you can type in, you know, Bondi surfers with dolphin and some, some things will come up and it just looks so amazing. And I've always thought if I was going to be a surfer, I would really want to do it to connect with the dolphins. If in the slightest chance, even though the chance is so, so low. Um, although I do enjoy surfing, but I'm just not 
quintessentially a surfer. Although I'm moving closer to the beach, so maybe this is my time to transition my weekend activities to surfing. Anyway, the dolphin tours are amazing. So it's a big highlight. They have a really high success rate from what I looked at online in terms of seeing the dolphins. I have actually gone on one other dolphin tour, and this was in Jervis Bay. And we actually did not see any dolphins on that tour. And so it was nice to go on this tour and see some dolphins. And I think that these tours are always quite nice as well. They usually have tea and some, uh, well, Australians call them biscuits. Americans would call them cookies. So they have some cookies and tea and coffee. And usually, you know, you you kind of go um, and have a little snack and then you watch the dolphins, which is a really nice, nice experience. Other things to do in this area, and this translates into, one of the translates into the summer side of things, is beach hopping. So there are three beaches that really are standout beaches that I found in my research. One is Zenith Beach. Second is Wreck Beach. And the last one is Fingal Beach. So these three beaches come really highly rated and look amazing. These are all kind of in the area of Port Stevens. When we were camping, um, we were staying really close to One Mile Beach, I believe. And to be honest, we actually didn't even go visit the beach. Yeah, One Mile Beach. Um, we didn't even go visit the beach or Samurai Beach. It says One Mile Beach and then it says, oh yeah, One Mile Beach. And it's, I'm not sure that it's actually One Mile. And then Samurai Beach. So those are the couple others, but the Zenith, Rack, and Fingal are the top rated ones. I imagine they would be maybe a bit busy in the summer, but um, these come really highly rated. We didn't we didn't actually visit these, but a lot of people online rate these three beaches. So beach hopping would be great. And again, everything's really close in Port Stevens. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed is you can kind of just bop around and do these different things. And it's all very close and, and compact in the same area. The next is a koala sanctuary that just opened up. Koala sanctuary, they rehab koalas and then release them into the wild. And But you can go in koala walks and you can see um, the koalas and have a bit of a koala experience and get in front of them. I absolutely love koalas and they are the most amazing creatures. I had the absolute honor of a lifetime seeing a koala in the wild earlier this year when Hiro and I were on our great ocean road adventure and it was so amazing and so definitely stop and say hi to the koalas you can't hold them in New South Wales but I don't know if this koala sanctuary has like photo things but it's definitely great to go see them in you know their habitat you can learn about them which I think is really fun and this one is a rehabilitation center. So I looked on their website before this and they had actually listed out individually the status of all their koalas and where they were in their rehab journey and who was released, which was so sweet. So go check out the koalas and support the sanctuary. And then this one was quite interesting. I'm going to be honest, this just doesn't appeal to me but I will share it anyway because I saw a number of people mention it. 
There is a Toboggan Hill Park, Toboggan Hill Park, where you can toboggan. And if you are American, like myself, the first thing I think of when it comes to a toboggan is a snow sled. However, this is, from what I understand it, it has wheels and it's a flat surface, so like a sled, but it goes down a metal slide, kind of like a, the bobsleds for um, in the Olympics. It doesn't stand out to me as something that I would prioritize, but a lot of people did say it was fun. So if I was going by it, for sure would would do it. I wouldn't say that this is like a must-see in Port Stevens, but a lot of people did rate it and said that it was fun, a fun thing to do and visit, and they enjoyed that. So I thought I would include it in here because I actually I haven't seen too many other places have toboggan, toboggan, toboggan things, toboggan slides. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Tobogganing areas. So this one has a toboggan hill park where you can toboggan. Okay, moving on, we are going to get into where we stayed. And there's a number of places you can stay. There's a number of great houses, apartments you can rent. I think if I was going to go back, that's what I would do. I would get a home to rent through any of the the rental companies. And I would yeah get a bit of a bigger space. As I mentioned, this was in winter and we were camping. So this is actually what the, <laughs> this experience. So I'll just, I'll just tell you all a little bit about this experience. One, so it was a friend of mine going and we were meeting two other friends the next day. So her and I get our camping stuff. I have a really small tent, but I do have all the camping equipment and we go up there, set up, and it gets dark at 4.30. It's dark so early. We did not have a fire. We only had a a little burner, like stove thing to cook on. And so, you know, her and I were like cooking over this tiny little stove. We're cooking impossible burgers. She was vegetarian. So we're cooking these impossible burgers, which I definitely do right. I think they're great. And we're doing that. And it was so cold that we ate them. And then we just went inside in our tent and just hung out at like 6 PM because it was so dark. There was nothing else really to do outside. We didn't have a fireplace this night or anything. And the place that we camped was a bring your own fireplace. So where we were at, we were at uh, Melaleuca Surfside Backpackers great place for camping. They um, they are a hostel, like an eco hostel area. And they are really, uh, yeah, they kind of have a lot of things going on really close to the beach. And I did really enjoy staying here. I thought it was great. But I, we didn't know about the kind of bring your own campfire thing. So our friends brought a campfire set up the next night. But yeah, if you're camping in a tent, I would definitely say in the winter would choose a camper van for sure. It was just really cold and and it just wasn't my favorite experience. So definitely a camper van. They're super easy to rent similar to cars. So you can rent a camper van for the weekend. That's what Hugh and I did for the Great Ocean Road as well. We rented it for um, that whole trip and, and explored and it was it was really fun. So 
rent a camper van in the winter. And then summer, I think it would be perfectly fine to stay in a tent. So, you know, there's definitely that. Um, although if it, depending on the time of summer, it could be maybe too hot. So just kind of plan accordingly for that. But then the the campfire thing. So that's something that I have noticed in Australia, especially when we were camping on the Great Ocean Road. A number of campsites do tell you and ask you to bring your own campfire. So recently I found this company called Zorlai and they do camping equipment and they have this like foldable uh, campfire holder thing that you can get that I I really want to get for the next summer so that we don't run into an area where we can't or a situation where we can't have a fire just because we don't have our fire uh, fire pit transportable up transportable fire pit. So anyway, if you are wanting to camp, know that you can run into that. Um, the other thing, of course, if it's the dead of summer and it's really dry, you'll have fire bands anyway, which is not a big deal. That's so fine, especially when it's summer, very easy. But when it's winter and it's really cold, um, in, especially and it's just dark, it definitely changes the vibe quite a bit. So I would, I would definitely stay here though. Again, it was a really cool space. They were really laid back and great facilities to use. Um, and this is also where I saw my first, oh, what are those animals called? It's kind of like the, they are a little bit like raccoons, except they are different. Um, anyway, I'm not quite sure what they're called, but they're called something. Anyway, the raccoon the the word is on the tip of my tongue. Raccoon-esque in Australia. They um, are scavengers for sure. Saw my first one here and I was really shocked by how massive it was. It looks like it could definitely do some damage on a raccoon. But great facilities here. Yeah, really clean, eco-friendly and and really lovely. So it was a great place to to stay and like where you, where you camp is on the grass and whatnot. Um, so I would definitely do it again in the space if we were camping in the summer for sure. And for where we were to eat, so we did cook most of our foods and only one of these sounds familiar. And again, this was a couple years ago, so I wasn't so sure. And if I didn't take photos of it, I I don't have um, a log of it, but I've compiled a couple of great options of places to eat and also have some brunch. So we're going to talk through these. First one is the Cheeky Dog. And Cheeky Dog comes highly rated, uh, really nice uh, nice food and gluten-free and vegan options available. All these have gluten-free and vegan options available, which is really nice. Uh, the next one is Little Beach Bowhouse. This one's on the waterfront and it has both fancy and casual Australian food, seafood, dining, but they have options that aren't seafood as well. And then Saltwater Restaurant. This one actually is a wedding venue. So if you want to get married, this might be a good spot for you. It's on the water, uh, really gorgeous photos. Um, And people commented and rated the food, the location, everything's labeled gluten-free vegan, and it's really gorgeous um, visually. So would definitely recommend this one as well. I did find that in Port Stevens, there were a number of places that were really touristy. So these ones all I found, I looked at their menus, 
look them up. They came recommended by you know people on on TikTok and and on the internet and and everything. So I tried to compile this to be the least touristy because I, sometimes Australia, you'll go to these small towns and they'll all be just really touristy places to eat, which which is not ideal. And then the last restaurant is Shoal Bay Country Club. And this one came recommended a few times on TikTok. And one person even equated this to similar vibes uh, to a Bali beach club, which that might be a stretch, but the pizza is is really highly rated here. So definitely check those out. And then the two places for brunch, breakfast, um, I will say Saltwater Restaurant also has breakfast, but the Little Nell brunch, I think that we did go here. I think it was good. It looks great and great reviews. Again, everything gluten-free, um, vegan, so that was really nice. And then the last one, but the second brunch spot is Inner Light Tea Rooms. Also has some great, um, great views and right on the water. My favorite place that we went and ate at throughout this whole time that I at least did remember because it was such a standout was Bee Farm Brewery at Murray. And this one was amazing. We actually did this whole trip right around 4th of July and it was really fun. The brewery was popping with some American country and a big American flag. So somebody there must have had some tie to America and it was really fun. The pizza was great. Craft beers were so wonderful. And I even bought a couple of their special edition craft beers that I actually still have. They were like barrel aged beers that I actually still have and I haven't even opened yet. So really would recommend this. You can stop here on your way into Port Stevens. So when you're driving into Port Stevens, you'll actually see this on the left and it's a must-see. They have over 700 reviews on Google and, uh, you know, 4.5 stars and up. So really lovely stop. I would rate this. It's just got a great vibe. Great place to stock up on beers for the weekend as well. And yeah, definitely not uh, not one that you want to miss. Really loved this one. And for the kind of overview, that's definitely the the most of the overview. Another thing I wanted to shout out is some of the restaurants that I pulled were from this really great blog called The Australian Traveler. So I pulled some restaurants from there and then took a look at them a little bit more. And so would definitely check out The Australian Traveler. It's a great format. It's not a clunky blog. Like a lot of these blogs have so many um, ads and whatnot, and it's not like that at all. So I think that you will enjoy this blog if you're looking for something to read a little bit more about Australian travels and different topics. But overall, Port Stevens is so phenomenal. I hope that you have enjoyed our chat about Port Stevens and plan your next you know, weekend getaway to Port Stevens. I think all you need is a weekend, could even do a long weekend here, but really great spot that I think is, is really underrated. So hopefully this was helpful and inspires you to think about your next trip. Also knowing that Weekend trips are a thing. I love weekend trips. They are the lifeblood. I haven't taken one in a while because we've had a couple of big trips, but all of last year, a number of weekend trips with friends and and whatnot. And it's just so good to get out of the city and experience something new, but not have to go that far. So I think that this is one of my top places to go on a weekend trip from Sydney. 
And I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. So outside of that, thank you all for listening today. Thank you all for coming along on our adventure talking about Port Stevens. I hope that you all are doing well today. And we did not have any mindfulness inspirational thoughts at the end of Pilates today. But what I will leave you with is one topic of conversation that's come up a lot in the last couple of days is stress. And I've recently started reading a book about stress to understand it a little bit more. And so I've been really cognizant about how I feel stressed and what stress is and understanding it. And the book that I've been reading talks a lot about identifying how you react and how to complete the stress cycle for you is different to addressing what is stressing you. I thought that was really interesting because there's two schools of thought there. You have to deal with how you're reacting first and then deal with what's stressing you second. And so as you're thinking through today, thinking a little bit about stress, I want to normalize this idea that we all shouldn't always be so stressed. It's not a good thing for us. Stress literally does does kill. And it's really important that we have conversations and thoughts and are interested to know about how we can reduce our stress levels to, to live better, healthier lives. So in going into today, I hope that you have a great day, a great month, a great week, whatever it is for you. And you think about how can you maybe take a few more deep breaths today. Think about how stress is affecting your life and think about maybe how you want to improve how you feel when you are stressed or or how you want to deal with things that are stressing you or or whatnot. So I'll leave you with that today, that mindfulness moment on how we are responding to and thinking about stress. With that, I will see you all next Thursday for our last episode in August, but also our last episode for a couple of weeks. For now, thanks so much, everybody. Have a good rest of your day, and I'll see you here next Thursday. Bye.